All right, hello everyone. Uh, once again, I'm Brian Marin, your host on the Left of Greg podcast. Uh, on tonight's episode, we have a returning guest, Mr. Sean Clemens, uh, law enforcement and protection and human behavior background. He'll be joining us this evening. We have a new guest tonight, uh, Jeff Williams, will be on. He also has very, very uh, extensive background in executive and dignitary protection, been all over the world, been doing it for a long time, has a ton of experience in the field. So he's going to be able to share some of his insights with us tonight. And, of course, we have on our show, as always, Mr. Greg Williams, who the podcast is affectionately named after. So that's uh, basically tonight we're going to be talking about uh, experiences that a lot of these guys have had in executive dig and dignitary protection and what that means. What are some of the takeaways that we can, we can bring home to any person on the street who doesn't have the training, doesn't have the experience, just some basic takeaways of how to make yourself a little bit smarter, a little bit safer, a little bit stronger, a little bit harder to kill, right? So we can be a little bit more proactive in our environment. So uh, as always, there's plenty more information on the website on ArcadiaCognorati.com and the Left of Greg podcast uh, on YouTube or on iTunes. You can download it and listen to it while you're working out or driving into work. So with that being said, uh, Greg, I think you'd like to start it off just to give us a little bit more of a framework on what we're going to be going over tonight, and then we can go ahead and jump in. Yeah, I appreciate that, Brian. And, and uh Along with that, the resumes of all the participants are on the site. Uh, so if you want to know what qualifies somebody as a subject matter expert, I, I'd say take a minute and check out the site. Uh, I'm the dumbest guy on this call when it comes to the topic that we're going to talk about tonight. So all I'm going to do is create a framework. Uh, the framework is very simple. There are certain uh, tasks that go along with executive and dignitary protection. Uh, uh, Jeff Williams, uh, uh, CEO of WESEPS, Western Slope Executive Protection, uh, has been doing uh, just executive and dignitary protection for over 18 years, and he's uh, done it for some really big money clients. Uh, Sean Clemens, same thing. Uh, uh, executive and dignitary protection uh, came on the heels of his uh, long and storied law enforcement career, decorated vet. So into that mix, I'd like to throw uh, Brian Marin, uh, decorated Marine Scout sniper. Uh, the the reason that the affectionate podcast name is left of Greg, because Brian's been on my left for a good long time, because that's my deaf ear, and I don't have to hear complain all the time. But Brian did personal security in some of the most uh, unforgiving and dangerous environments on earth. This is what I want to start up with. Brian, Brian uh, I don't know if I can uh, uh, tell everybody that we were in uh, Saudi Arabia uh, at uh, the Kempinski Hotel uh, in downtown. Well, you, uh, you kind of just did tell everyone. Okay, but well, you're going to edit that time. part out. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to. It's going to come out. We were in Atlanta, Georgia. There we go. <laughs> just in a completely when, different voice. When, go ahead. When, when we were in, uh, when we were in uh, uh, the hotel lobby, it was this uh, uh, hodgepodge of people that uh, Yemen is. There were problems. Let's just say things weren't going well. Saudi Arabia and Yemen, and the players were all in the same lobby of the hotel. And they were looking at us, and we were looking at them. And it reminded me of a, a story a long time ago being on the wire when uh, talking on the Kel, and the, the remote mic was transmitting over the uh, tele television of the person we were trying to buy the dope from. So every time that we were saying, yeah, it's a good deal, it was coming, yeah, it's a good deal, over the guy's TV. And he goes, hey, ain't that the damnedest thing? And we were like, yeah, hey, I've never seen that happen before as a SWAT team climbing <laughs> in the building, right? So what, what I'm talking about here is when you don't call 911, when you don't call the cops, you may enlist the aid 
of an executive and dignitary protection specialist. And that person may come and do a site survey. Um, They may follow you around. They may do certain things uh, to a client to ensure the safety of that client. So what I'd like to do first is go back and forth and find out what are some of those things that you can disclose, because certainly you can't disclose all your trade secrets. And then, Brian, if we can, I'd like to flip the script and say, so what? So how does that help the common person on the street be safer, smarter, faster, and harder to kill? Uh, So, uh, Jeff, uh, Sean, why don't you guys open up and tell me, what's the job of a a CEO of a place like WeSEPS, Jeff? So for, uh, for me and, and the clients that I deal with in uh, uh, their, their uh, personal lives, it uh, becomes more than, um, than just me and that particular client because they, uh, they have families, they have contacts uh, all over the world, and their contacts are just as critical as they are. Um, what I've found for my company is that um, I'm constantly battling um, um, their complacency, so to speak, of how they how they do their daily operations and what they do, and um, that's the that's a, a big thing for for what we do as a company because. Um, for instance, I, I just finished a, a, a client and uh, the particular location that we were at, they fly in, they, they meet all their family and friends, uh, um, they, they go out to the facilities and use public facilities without thinking. They don't think. They, they register to a hotel and they put their name onto the hotel docket um, without thinking. They, they, they open up themselves in my my understanding most of the time is they open themselves up and give too much information and, and it makes my job and the guys that work for me very hard to uh, it's not, we're trying to conceal their identity, but we're trying to um, be ahead of the game. So to speak. Well, and, and, and I'd like to ask you a question about that, Jeff, uh, Brian, you might not know this. Uh, Jeff and I had worked a, a caper a long time ago. We're members of uh, the Israeli uh, governing body without getting into any great detail, we're coming to a location. So uh, Jeff enlisted my aid because there was certain credible threats that were going on at the location. So uh, we went, and Jeff's wife is a former law enforcement officer in Detroit, uh, great, uh, uh, illustrious career. Uh, she was there. Uh, he's got a, a son that's uh, been with the, the TSA for many years. He was there, and a number of off-duty officers that had been vetted and trained and uh, as we were looking at the situation, if you remember, Jeff, what kept coming up is the only safe egress route uh, for our Ococa, for our uh, uh, avenues of approach and avenues of egress, was through the kitchen. And that was a non-starter ever since, uh, you know, we, we won't talk about the Kennedy family. Yeah. That's just never a, a good situation. Uh, the funny thing was that Jeff and I had, had come up with a scheme. Uh, uh, Will Atkinson was there as well. Uh, to do the egress and to do a safe room and to be able to get everybody out of there. And then once we got it down, the clients argued with us saying that we were going too far. Oh, don't worry about that. It's never going to happen. One of the people on that crew uh, had one leg, one arm, and was using a colostomy bag because he had been uh, shot and blown up so many times. Do you remember that incident, Jeff? I remember totally. And what we fought with the most of the time – and I still fight this on a a daily basis. I have a new client that just came on board, and – what I fight is convincing them. Um, it's like buying insurance, you know, how much insurance do you buy? You know what I mean? Um, right. 
it's that kind of thing that we fight all the time. And in this instance, we, we, we only had one, one way to get out and they were damning that up. They were stopping that. And that's, that's the battle that, that happens a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Safety and security is as much your responsibility as it is of your security system and your doorbell that takes a photo and the local cops and the security team that you hire if you've got enough money. Your job is to stay safe. You, you can't just uh, uh, be an ostrich with your head in the sand. Situation awareness means from the ground to the horizon, 360, that you got to pay attention to that. Have you found the, the same type of problem, Sean? Exactly. I just think that people aren't aren't um, they aren't privy to the kind of like the the inside scoop. I guess they haven't seen the other side. They understand they need the security. They just don't understand the, the nuts and bolts of everything. And that's I guess that's that's what makes our our job difficult. Um, we're there as more of a you know more of a, a defensive measure than an offensive measure. And sometimes they 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 don't understand what the role is. We're there to anticipate, um, prevent danger, avoid the confrontation. We're not going to the confrontation. We want to get them from harm's way, and sometimes they get they get in the way of us trying to get them out of the way. Yep. yep. Right. And, and, and I, if you great, if you don't just uh, you know, I think you both are, are hitting at something that uh, maybe obviously because of our training experience background is we're always thinking, hey, especially in security field. So I didn't do any like executive type protection, but I've done the high threat stuff overseas where it's you know it's we're all heavily armed and going into bad areas but it's the same concept it's hey look we we're not there to react to something if we have to react it's like the secret service but look if a secret service agent has to jump in front of a a a bullet to protect the president they've already failed in in so many other ways that that's you're they're already too late that's not the criteria we're looking at that's not the standard it's it's no we're, we're trying to mitigate all this stuff and i think based on just me just explaining and talking and teaching and studying human behaviors that the general public, the general population, they don't ever take that into account. It's never about, hey, it's, well, when this happens, we have this, this, and this. And we've always talked about this too, Greg, with, with different policies uh, in place for school shootings, mass casualties, terrorist attacks. We have gotten so much better over the years at reacting to this thing, right? But but we're still reacting. Yes, our response is better and, and more people's lives are saved, but I don't think it's human nature to understand that people can go, well, wait a minute, we can actually prevent these things from happening in the first place. Well, let me, let me explain a, a situation like that. And, and, and Maren's got a rich history of saving my, my ass, I, if I can be so bold. <laughs> Uh, I, I remember that uh, being in Iraq and walking out of buildings and seeing him and his team and going, hey, I like to cut of that kid's jib. I remember being in Afghanistan. You remember coming off that? that uh, you were coming out. Yeah, we did one of those. And we did a – and yeah. I was like, I recognize that guy. So everywhere I kept running that, into him. Yeah, hey, I loved you in Wall Street. Exactly. You know? That was good. And so uh, after that, I figured, man, I better stop and, and uh, actually listen to this guy. So so the the idea of an assessment – not being uh, in your best interest. Uh, you haven't seen uh, them have to take a fire hose to clean out the back of an ambulance after an ID has gone off. Mm-hmm. You haven't uh, seen, uh, uh, you know, have to stick your thumb in a sucking chest wound or, or put on a tourniquet. And in the early days, uh, my plan was to pass out tourniquets to all the graduates in the course. Wouldn't it cost that much money, and I wanted them bright pink or bright orange. So every time you saw that tourniquet, you started thinking about giving yourself the gift of time and distance. I was outvoted uh, back then. The, the the thing du jour was coins or some clap trap that you're never going to use unless they need to put a metal in your head like in 
master and commander, the fireside. But the idea was that these chuckleheads didn't understand how serious it was. So if you take a look at the, the training, if uh, we went, Brian and I, and did an assessment. And so when you do an assessment, and I'm sure it's uh, the same as, as uh, uh, you, Jeff, and as you, Sean, uh, what you're doing is you're checking critical infrastructure for seams and gaps to make sure that there's nowhere for the bad guy to take hold, for, for them to, to come in and lamprey on and, and get inside your facility and hurt a bunch of people. So Marin and I do this, and at the end of the assessment, we deliver the, the good news and the bad news. And, and remember, almost nobody is trying to kill you. So in our business, it's, it's preparing. It's like putting a police car with uh, the rescue Annie uh, in the front seat. It'll slow the traffic down because they think there's a cop in that car. A lot of security is the semblance of security. So we get done with it, and we say, here are your critical infrastructure points that are weak. Here's what we think you should do, and training and education is the key. If your people are trained, uh, the person at the reception desk sees more in an hour than you see in a year at your own business. If they get the training, they can prevent a bad incident. So we tell them this whole thing, and in the last five minutes, we were endorsing that throw bag. There was this guy that I met uh, uh, from Wales, uh, the Prince of Wales, as a matter of fact, or he's in a royal family, or he's none of those things, and he's a hobo, but I like him. And what he was talking about <laughs> is this wonderful bag that was a med kit that had uh, quick clot and it had, uh, 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 you know, the tourniquets and all this other stuff. And the idea was that right next to your AED, the, the boom, get yep. up, clear, uh, they were going to have these bags. And then if there was a horrible incident at your school, you could grab one and throw it to the kid. When the bag opened, the little GPS went off so they could find all the victims. So after we do this, $50,000 in-depth in assessment. By the way, we did it gratis. We never got paid. That never happened again. The people said, this is the greatest thing we've ever seen. This is amazing. We want the training. But instead of going with your company, we're going to buy a couple of those bags because that will let us sleep at night. So they didn't go with the security solution. What they did is they went with the thing hanging on the wall that's like the uh, everything's okay alarm. You get what I'm trying to say? Everything's fine. You're going to do fine. Do you guys feel the same way that, that you feel like we're swimming upstream all the time? Yeah, so I'll give you a for instance. Just uh, um, the same kind of assessment went in, um, um, did this whole assessment for this basically new client, uh, laid this stuff out, and when we got done, the HR person asked me, well, if we save all this and I buy X, Y, and Z, won't that do the same thing? I mean, I'm constantly fighting these what what um, Brian had said, and and you're constantly fighting upstream to get these people convinced that these these are precursors to what can happen. A band aid, you know, seals the wound. Uh, pencil writes on paper, but what about the stuff that's pre set up? And for the average person. Um, Trying to teach just, you know, what we had talked before about, Greg, uh, trying to teach just a basic person, just just some basic skills to use daily is really hard. It's been difficult to get them to buy into that. So, yeah, so so this is, oh, I think, oh, oh. what we should do, yeah. Jeff, is, yeah. is, is what, what from you and Sean, your experience is, what is it, I mean, because you're especially executive and dignitary, dignitary protection. You're exactly. around their, those people, their families, their homes, their personal lives. 
So from your experience, and then what are those, what are the three things, the five things, whatever that is that someone can take away that can go, okay, this, if I just think of these few things, I'm going to be a little bit started. What are those takeaways that the average person can do and implement? You're, you're right on, and, and I want to throw something at you, Brian. It just spurred a memory that, that happened about 25 years ago. Uh, Jeff Williams and I happened to be, after a martial arts class, we were doing a, a kid's karate class, I think it was, and we had gone into a town. I'm not going to say the town in, in, in uh, the outskirts of Detroit, right right in the, the rural area <laughs> there, uh, uh, just north of 8 Mile. And we walked into a store, and the store was being robbed. And we were in line, and the guy had the gun to the person at the counter. And all the other people were still putting their food on the counter because they were unaware that right in front of them there was a robbery in progress. So Jeff, Jeff asked the guy with the gun, he goes, hey, uh, do you want me to shoot you or do you want him to kick you to death? And, and so the guy was completely caught aware, and we tackled him and arrested him. What amazed me is the people in that small circle, Jeff, you have to remember that incident, totally. had, had no idea the robbery was in progress. So, so I so think that's going to add something. I know you're going to – think I'm crazy. I, I just came out of California. I won't say where on here, but um, landed on a late flight to go meet this client. I go into a uh, grocery store. True story. Uh, happened Saturday. Go into a grocery store at 10 o'clock at night. Store is about to close. I, you know, I, I get complacent. We all get complacent. We're all really good at what we do, but you get complacent. So I walk into the store, I grab a cart, I'm, I'm tired. You can this. This is what I want to tie to the average person. I go in. I I know this store like the back of my hand. Been in there a million times. Know the people in there. Walk in. I don't pay attention. I grab a cart. I go get what I'm getting, and same thing happened. Uh, tweaking guy comes in with a hood on. He's bouncing back and forth. He's up at the counter. He starts yelling, money, money, money. I'm putting the groceries on, watching him, but I see the cash register person, um, big tall guy, has no clue. The girl bagging has no clue. Um, I have to tell them, please dial 911. We have a robbery in place right now. The guy at the counter had a knife. I didn't know what he had. Uh, he has back to me. And long story short, he got arrested. I did what I had to do. and uh, But – I was off, off. I was not prepared. I walked into a place where I thought, you know what? I've been in here a bunch of times. This will never happen in here. That's what the average person has to prepare themselves every day for. They walk into a Walmart. They got to get off the stupid telephone and start paying attention to people walking around. And I say that because I do that. I do right. the same thing. Right. You yeah, know? Psychologically, that's called denial. And, and Brian, there's a great... Uh, denial podcast up on the site if people yeah. want to go and find out where that comes from that's great jeff uh, sean I, i'm sure you have to have some yeah i think um you know in, in today's day and age everybody's looking for a material solution to all their problems right and it's always material yeah but when it comes to protecting and that's what we're talking about whether it's you know uh, forget the executives how about your family how about yourself right um, those are the people that are most important to all of us um, look out for them. And it's not it's not a tool that we can uh, you can hold in your hand. It's something brain brain. It's not you don't need to work out for this. Um, you don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to be uh, 250 pounds of solid muscle because everything you use is between your ears. The six inch space between your ears is the most um, critical tool that we use in executive protection in any type of protection. Right. Um, and and that. Go ahead. I was just going to say just because you. 
you you spurred spurred a, a memory too there. You said you know that six inches uh, in your head, and that's I mean that's go to a combat zone. That's what General Mattis used to tell Marines. Everyone before you deployed, he said the most important six inches on the battlefield Thank is you. between your ears, and he points his head to so better learn how to do this. And then you make the you know trigger pulling motion before you ever do this. And man, that's spot on. That's always stuck with me because why? That's it. That's a cognitive edge. Is you can run around, shoot them up, bang bang. You can fight all day at the gym, and man, you'll get really, really, really good at that stuff. Yep. And it might not ever help you. Well, it might not ever do a thing. And, and, and if I can, if I can add all Sorry. that good stuff, all the different weaponry that I carry, all the stuff that, that uh, Brian, that you've had in combat, same stuff in under your jackets and everything else meant nothing because I didn't have my brain where it was supposed to be standing in that place and got caught off guard. So guess what? Bang, you're dead, you know, and that's too late. That's a too late situation. It could have been prevented in the parking lot or even before that, you know, Sean and I were in a, we're in a copper roll call, uh, uh, forever ago. And uh, one of the old guys, and when I say an old guy, I'm talking about a guy that was chewing the streets in the fifties and sixties, right? He's sitting in the back of the room, and there's a lot of cop shootings and a lot of cops uh, getting injured. Obviously, uh, that that trend has sadly continued. And uh, the copper uh, in the back of the room is telling one of the rookies, hey, if you're scared, just don't go. This isn't about being scared. This is about preparedness. And another thing is there's three trained FTOs here, field training officers, with with, uh, combined over 100 years of, of cop service easy. One of the things that you talk to about the rookies all the time is what do you do after you draw your weapon? Not everything is a shoot situation, and you just escalated it to a felony by pulling your gun. And you know what? If the person's not going to comply with your commands and you're not going to be able to shoot them because of your use of force or laws of armed combat or whatever, you know, panacea of, of, of decision-making matrices that, that are going through your head at that point, you're going to have to put that gun back in your holster and go hands-on. So... You don't want to be in that situation. And I think ex- executive and dignitary protection is, what can I do? What what can I say? What can I bring to bear to this situation to make everybody have a good time and get out of here alive? Because executive and dignitary protection doesn't just mean all these executives and, and, and captains of industry. It can mean uh, uh, the beer concession at a local concert. It can be the bouncer at a local bar that's a lower uh, uh, impact level of, of the higher impact flying in a G6. I get it. But the same rules apply. First, you've got to see and think about that situation. You've got to plan. You've got to uh, uh, what if the type of situations and put your, you know, shoes in the, in the, put your feet in the shoes of the, the, the likely opponent. But you have to understand first that at bang, is well too late. It's way mm-hmm. into the process. And, and then you're going to be given first aid in return and fire and, and calling for backup rather than things you could prevent. And I'm all about prevention. You know, uh, people say, hey, I got to go out and buy a gun. Hey, I'm good with guns. I, I have no problem with guns. But if you keep your gun in a drawer and you don't uh, uh, preventatively think about your kids playing with it, because it's going to be uh, one of those things they have to play with. They have to go in there and see what's in that drawer. And, and you got a crappy lock and they get the gun out and they shoot Jimmy across the street. That's unacceptable. So for people that say, hey, what do I do? I say buy maybe a chemical aerosol spray. Uh, your kid may hate jalapenos the rest of their life, but at least you're going to be able to hug them after dinner. So I know this. I know that when I'm not sure of the answer, I have to go to an expert. And when it comes to executive and dignitary protection 
or site surveys, I go to a guy like this. And what you guys are telling us is just simple things. How you park, where you park, uh, right. preparation. Do you guys have like a, 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 a bug out bag? Do you guys if, have that type of stuff? If I can add one thing, forget the bug out bag. Let's just yeah. go with a lot of times what, what we have a situation is leaving. The hardest part is not engaging. There you mm-hmm. go. Dignitary protection, 90% of the cops that are on board, try to teach them you aren't staying and fighting. It's time for you to go. Right. I mean, That's so many right times on. you can prevent something by walking away from it. You're yep. not the hero in everything. And, not, and, and this hard. comes from- this comes from a guy that's hard as rock. Uh, uh, you're talking about Joe Rockhead from the Flintstones here. Uh, he takes all these situations, and they're very deadly and dangerous situations, and he has this attitude that, hey, I'd, I'd rather disengage. I'd rather not get involved. It's not some superstar on TV that you see. It's not this uh, born identity crap. And I'll give you a, a brief example of that, Brian. Uh, Jeff Williams uh, had hired me for another situation to come over and assess uh, uh, I go over to assess and we're in this hotel and everybody's got their security and we're all going to do, do this meeting and we just get there and I meet a ATF guy and I meet an FBI guy, I meet the chief of police, I meet Jeff and we're standing in the portico walking into the place we haven't even started the survey and a local cop comes up and goes, hey, excuse me gentlemen I have to ask you to leave, there's a bomb in a car so we we didn't have our feet wet we had just landed we didn't even get our ticket punched yet and that's how the situation already started unfolding so these are experts that see this every day these are former coppers that see it every day and they're trying to break it down and make it easy for you give it to you you know don't eat the pizza all at once don't spend a lot of money on a bunch of gear and i think on that too just to what a lot of you guys are are saying here is just a, a basic awareness and i know obviously we have technology issues and people constantly staring at their phones all the time so we're, we're just missing so much that's going on in our environment and literally something as simple as is putting your phone away looking left looking right i mean it really opens up your opens up your eyes to the world and i you know i i've always told people too is is you know what I, same thing i do every morning when i'm brushing my teeth is you know you look yourself in the mirror and it's someone i know this might not work for everyone but for me it's a hey, someone might try to kill you today not yep. someone's going to, not some. now it, today's the day, you're not amping yourself up. All you're doing is just turning on a little switch in your brain that says, hey, you know, today could be the day you step outside the house and you don't ever come back. That's right. So yep. why don't you pay attention? And that little thing has helped me out in situations uh, this morning driving out uh, from where I'm staying right now down the road from this training center. And I pull out and I see, you know, I'm watching that there's a busy cross street as you got to kind of dart out into. It's 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 horrible. It's like uh, it's the scariest part of my, my life down here, not the live fire range where people are running and shooting, but but literally trying to pull out in this intersection. And I see two police cars following in behind this this truck and i can tell just they're they're hanging right back but they're on them they're they're he he probably the second vehicle had probably just pulled up because they're about to do a stop and he called for a cover car that's what it looked like to me in a split second of time and i saw where they were going and where that guy was pulling off was there was a dead end area that was on this little alcove that was a great little spot for him to get out i knew that area just knowing that terrain i went ooh, that's a dangerous spot for them to be in and it was something as simple as that as i pulled up as i slow rolled there because you know where i'm at now i'm armed too i'm like these guys might be walking into an ambush and the guy was already out of his vehicle when they pulled up so i hung out across the street and watched their interaction but just by telling it it was a tense situation that how many people never even saw that there were two police cars sitting right there following person just as just as simple as taking a look at what's going on in your area right on and no offense but those two police officers probably 
did not prepare either because been there, done that. Yep. Yep. 40 times that day. They made prepare. Yep. Mm-hmm. Scientifically, Brian, what you're talking about is creating an explanatory storyline. Your brain loves to solve problems, so assign your brain the job of looking at that situation and determining ML, most likely, or MD, most dangerous courses of action. And, and to your point on the cell phone, okay, well, first of all, uh, you remember we were teaching at the FBI National Academy back in the day, and a, and a guy uh, stood up in class and said, hey, uh, you, yesterday you were telling us about divided attention, how the brain hates it, and how texting is, is dangerous. And he said, my dad's an FBI agent. He said, that's horse crap. You'll never have to worry about that. I wonder how, how many times he's had to eat his words over these last few years. So cell phone, good things for cell phone. One, perfect defensive impact tool, close in if you have to make a, a, an exit. Uh, two, it's a great ruse. You hold it up like you're looking at it and reading it while you're taking a clandestine photo or while you're assessing the rest of the room because they will blank you out. They will erase you when they think you're on the phone. So if you're doing this with your cell phone, you can take a look at everybody else that's around that room. And the other thing, you got to remember that the cell phone is not uh, uh, for looking at for uh, a long time. You can bring your cell phone up like this and look at the highly polished glass on your cell phone and see what's behind you. So if I'm sitting in a restaurant, I set it up on the salt and pepper shaker so I can take a quick glance to see what's at my six so somebody doesn't walk up and club me like a harp seal. Those well, are the Greg, types of things that we should do, be thinking about. do one better with that is you just pretend like you're taking a selfie, you know, and you're looking over your right. shoulder. I've done that a hundred times where I'm smiling. But I got a like problem. I, I have a head that's like Jupiter. So <laughs> my <laughs> selfie stick has to be a, a broom handle. <laughs> Hey, just to add to that, we I we did that. I was I incorporated that, and I had to explain to the client and the family that we weren't taking selfies of the family. I mean, <laughs> that, but this is how they think. They don't yeah. think that. You know what I mean? That yeah. that's the kind of stuff that that just basic things that people can deal with every day. It's that chuckle hattery is the stuff that you need. And Brian, I would request that we do a future episode with these two guys because this mm-hmm. is a topic that's so so big and yeah. buried. But I'll give you something about concealed weapons. Uh, uh, we're in a state that allows smoking the kind bud. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, anybody can carry a gun. Anybody can do anything else, and I'm all for that. U.S. Constitution, Bill of Rights. Uh, I, I love the amendments. My thing is that if you're going to go out there and you're going to spend all this money on this spanking new gun, and you're not going to have it in a holster. I'm going to take it from you and hand it to you to show you how easy it is because, yeah. I, I, you know, I have seen it so many times. I go in a local store, and these chuckleheads have it tucked in their bag. they got it sticking out. It's sliding out from under the seat. Prevention means not becoming a victim and not getting killed with your own gat. That's, that's a bad thing. That, that doesn't look good on your epitaph. So how much, if I can ask this, and I don't know if I can, how much would it cost? for me to call an executive and dignitary protection company and just have them talk to me on the phone about some options. Does that cost a lot of money, Sean? Did, did, I, I don't know if, uh, Jeff, what you guys charge, or, or is that something that you guys do for anybody? So for my, my sake is we provide that, and there's another thing, we, we'll, we'll provide that mostly free of charge because by putting that out, it it tends to draw in you know, work for it. You know, right. I mean, I have to, I have to look at a business end of it. The problem is they don't even, we have a school in this situation. Uh, the recent uh, school shooting in Florida, um, you, you know, been involved in it. I'm sure all of you have been involved in it where the police come out for 24 to 48 hours and park a car with somebody in it in front of the school. Then they disappear until the next shooting. 
And when I go in and explain to the principal of the place, hey, we'd like to come in and, and just show you some, some of this basic stuff. won't cost you a dime. Last June, I believe it is, when that shooting happened, I provided that to a Christian-based school yet to get a phone call back. See them all the time. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna get with you. It's free. It's free. So now, now with the yeah. coppers from the coppers end, coppers have limited resources. They can't afford to keep those people out there. Sure, you have to defend yourself. So now you got a private company coming in and saying, "I'll help harden your facility," and we don't get a call back. Brian, you and I are involved yeah, in a caper said, like that sim- right now in similar, Dallas. Similar caper. You know, very very similar. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that, and I think that's a that's a that's a great point there to to end on is just you know it's people just need to see it. They don't need to one like you'd mentioned Jeff too. Greg and I we talk about this all the time is we don't need a material solution, right? We don't need guns. We don't need that. We just need a little bit of informed awareness, right? We just exactly. need old look. Right. This is how to look for things in your environment. This is how a bad guy looks at it. So here's some very simple things you can do that just make it that much harder for someone else to victimize you. And that's all you're looking for, right? Hard habits to break. Hard habits to break. And that's exactly it is, is you, you, you form pat, you know, habits of thought, habits of action. These are basic things, which is hilarious. You look in the civilian world of all these people making all this money, coaching major companies and executives on like, Hey, this is a pattern of behavior you got to do. This is what you, this is a, a, you know, understanding resilience. And this is like the, you're not applying this to everything. You, if they did, it might even work, but, but they're going, yep. oh, this is how you get this in your workspace. This is how you get it out of your employees. But like, yeah, that's called cognitive performance. Look, you can right. do that to make yourself safer, smarter, stronger, harder to kill. Exactly. For very, very low cost. So, and uh, tell me, Sean, Sean uh, what Sean said about the six inches between your head. Tell me if I'm not right, but most people have that gut feeling something's not right. But mm-hmm. they don't act on it. They never mm-hmm. come forward. They never say a word about it until later on they go, damn, I knew something. I knew it. You know what I mean? Right. We need to wake that up in people. You know? Right. Yeah, but, but, but remember, some people don't want to be awakened because awakened is acknowledging that, look, almost nobody wants you dead. Almost nobody right. is going to try to kill you. But we live in an environment now where if you're not paying attention, you become a victim. And mm-hmm. a bad guy looks at an opponent and says, it's too much. I'm walking away. They look at a victim and they're starting to scheme. How, how much money can I get out of this one? So right. we just have to be smarter than the average bear. Right. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point there to end on, guys. One, uh, first of all, I appreciate you guys coming on and uh, sharing your thoughts and experiences. We'll we'll do many more in the future, and we can we can hone in on some of these topics. I know we could keep going on and on about this. Uh, endlessly probably uh, but uh, if anyone would like any more information just go to the website arcadiacognorati.com uh, you can go to the left of Greg YouTube channel and uh, also uh, you can check out anything you want on some of the folks that were on the, on this podcast and on others on the website and you can even download these on iTunes left of Greg podcast on iTunes listen to them while you're driving into work you know make your day a little bit start your day off right and maybe maybe pick up a little a little 30 seconds of information that that might come in handy down the road that gets you to think something so you can avoid a situation send us your questions yep Merritt, Merritt, we got one in the hopper right now that we're answering on the uh lessons learned so hey if you got a question you got a an idea for a topic you'd like us to discuss please send it to brian all right thanks a lot guys for coming on thank you thanks everyone see you guys